You need to teach your children how to learn. And if they know how to learn, they can learn anything, especially if it's something that they're motivated to do. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, Julie, it's another podcast day. Yes, it is. And we have a special treat, I believe. We do. Can you tell us a little bit about who we're about to meet here on our Arts of Language podcast? Absolutely. We have a Canadian. She is from Alberta, Canada. Mm -hmm. And this is Carla Cannon with us today. And she is... She has a YouTube channel, a very popular YouTube channel. And of course, we love her because she loves us. And she uh, works with your daughter, Ellie, because she's one of our IEW affiliates. And so we just wanted to introduce you, Carla, to our IEW podcast listeners and just get to know you a little better. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So homeschooling is still thriving in parts of Canada. It absolutely is, especially this last couple of years. We've really seen a huge growth in our homeschooling world here. Well, tell us just a little bit of background, um, how you got into homeschooling, how many kids you have, what are their ages, what are your favorite things to do, and what kind of tea you drink in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, well, Andrew, I was homeschooled myself. My parents homeschooled me back when it was not as popular and people would say, you do what? Uh, so I was homeschooled all the way from K through grade 12, where I went to university and then became a teacher. Um, both my parents were teachers. And so then I taught um, in a school when I was first married for five years, but always knowing that when uh, my husband and I had our own children, that I would stay home and homeschool them. So that, you know, worked out really well. And um, I currently, and we've homeschooled them right from the beginning. And we have a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old. Oh, great. Well, you're in the thick of it. Wonderful ages there, huh? Oh, it's such, they're such fun ages. Every, you know, age and stage has new things, but this has been a really fun one. I'm, I am always kind of intrigued by homeschool teenagers who say, I want to be a teacher because it strikes me as odd that they want to go into a world they have no experience with. What do you think is the draw? I mean, your parents were teachers, so you... You had some interface there, but what is the draw for a homeschooled, ready to enter the adult world, to want to go and work in a school? Well, that's a very good question. Um, here in Alberta, Canada, we kind of have a unique situation in that we 
are one of the only provinces that has uh, certified teachers uh, do supervision. So they're called homeschool facilitators. And so students uh, register with a school board of their choice when they're homeschooling. They're called um, traditional homeschoolers or what we work with, which means they basically choose their own curriculum. And then as a homeschool facilitator, which is what I do, um, working with my parents and sister actually, we uh, do visits twice a year and meet with the families and their children and see how they're doing, um, give suggestions and offer support, answer questions, as well as providing lots and lots of fun activities and experiences for the families that are in our group. And so for me, that was a big part of the draw because I thought, oh, I could do that someday. And also, I just love education and I love kids. So it was neat that I could um, work in a school as well, but it was a private school, so it was kind of a more unique situation than your typical public structure because we had a lot of choice with curriculum and that kind of thing. Yes, I've I've heard that Alberta is one of the most homeschool-friendly provinces. It certainly is, yes. In Canada, education is very much provincial. There's not a, a whole lot of influence or control from the federal level. Is that true? I would say that's true. Yeah, it's we've got a huge number of homeschoolers and um, just really wonderful support systems and boards that they can register with. And so that it, it's just a very supportive environment for them. I guess you would have a very unique perspective of knowing what it was like to homeschool, I guess, approximately 30 years ago. Yes. Maybe a little more. Yeah, right um, right around. We'll stick with that. <laughs> and, and and now seeing people coming into homeschooling today, what would you say are some of the biggest differences both in terms of advantages for the for the modern homeschooler, so to speak, or disadvantages compared to your experience? I would say just on the advantages side of things, I can't honestly think of any disadvantages. It's just, it's so widely accepted and it has a much better, you know, you tell someone, oh, I homeschool my children. They're like, oh, how wonderful. You can individualize their education. It's just very, um, you get a lot more positive feedback from that. Whereas, you know, back when I was a child that was like, you do what? Excuse me, but how will you ever socialize? And so there's a big difference in that. And there's just a lot more opportunities for homeschoolers these days between, you know, anything from curriculum to activities and things like that. I think just being more homeschoolers, there's more options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen, of course, the huge growth of the co-ops, which have been around for decades, but kind of the style of one-day-a-week groups that uh, parents get together and use maybe a curriculum like Classical Conversations or another similar one, and this whole idea of building communities, this seems to be just a, a huge advantage for so many people because they get the benefits of being able to talk and gain wisdom from more experienced moms such as yourself. Uh, whereas in the early days, it was you were kind of feeling a bit on the isolated side. 
Yes, no, I would say that's true. There's just a lot out there. So much, in fact, that I think it can be overwhelming just the choices that are available as far as curriculum and activities. Um, we heard that lots from new families this past couple of years. So now this leads me to the question. You, you mentioned both your parents are teachers. Yes. Why did they decide to homeschool you? And starting starting right out you you never went and sat in a classroom as a young child is that right that's absolutely right i think they just saw the benefits of what they could do and the flexibility of us being at home they knew despite there being wonderful teachers out there that a lot of time is wasted in the classroom and they just saw that there would be opportunities for us to focus on things that we are you know naturally excelled at and to have more time for other activities and just have a very individualized experience and for the relationships within our own family. Uh, they were early thinkers, I think, when it comes to all of that. Yeah, they, they were on the forefront, the cutting edge, the pioneer. It's true, yes. One of the concerns that I hear a lot from people who are kind of nervously deciding to pull their kids out of school and start homeschooling is, well, I'm I, I don't know if they'll really be ready for university and they have concerns about will they be able to get a transcript that works? Will they be able to pass the tests that are needed? And so a lot of times, you know, I'm talking to people trying to affirm the fact that really they won't have any problem, but there is that big bugaboo, that kind of cloud behind them. How do you help parents see that this is not going to be a big obstacle if you have children who want to go into higher education? Well, I think, I mean, obviously requirements will vary depending on where you live as opposed as what you need to get into an institution. But I think universities are realizing that homeschoolers do very well because it's not so much, I always tell people who are stressed, I said, it's, you don't have to worry about teaching them everything you think they need to know. You need to teach your children how to learn. And if they know how to learn, they can learn anything, especially if it's something that they're motivated to do. So for example, I went to university when I was 16. I'm, I was the oldest, I'm a very um, goal-driven kind of person. And the first class I ever sat in with other people, you know, in a structured environment was a biology class in university. And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. And I, you know, I really, not to toot my own horn, but I did very well because where some of my peers perhaps struggled with the independent aspect of higher education, you know, you're given your assignments, but nobody's checking on you per se, you know, oh, do this now, do this next. You know, I was already used to that type of learning where I could take something and run with it. I could ask for help if I needed it. And, um, um, so I think homeschooling really sets students up to do very well in a university situation because they have those and they're often very driven. So they have the skills of, you know, time management and um, they know how to learn. That's wonderful. I, um, I don't know if it's the same in Canada, but I will say that over the past 15 years, I've seen really a, a kind of changing demographic in the people who choose to homeschool. So 
when when we started almost 30 years ago, uh, we were surrounded – we weren't surrounded. The few other homeschoolers that we knew in our little town in Montana were all homeschooling for religious or moral reasons, and that seemed to be the dominant thing is – you know, Christian homeschooling, we do this so our kids are not in a government school learning anti-Christian things. And over the past 15 years or so, this has really changed to different categories. Some people saying, well, yes, I want to homeschool so I can cultivate faith in my family on a daily basis and not fight an anti-faith bias elsewhere. But there's also people who are saying, wow, you know, I've got these kids with some special needs. I've got a, a dyslexic nine-year-old who can't read hardly at all. I've got a kid on the, on the spectrum, and uh, they're, not, they're not doing well, and the school doesn't seem to be able to meet their needs. So they're coming into homeschooling for, for that reason, uh, you know, what you might yeah. call special needs or special circumstances. There's another category of people that seem to be homeschooling because they actually think they can do a better job academically. Mm -hmm. Their idea is, you know, I can teach my kids basic skills as well as sciences and history better than the schools are doing right now. And that's their primary motive. And then yeah. there's kind of this fourth group, this ephemeral group, which I hate to say it, but... I literally have had people say to me, I don't want to homeschool, but I have to because there's no better option. Hmm. I can't put them in this public school for this or that reason. I can't afford a private school. I don't know what to do. I don't want them sitting staring at a screen six hours a day. So I guess I'm stuck. Yeah. Almost – Angry, you know, they'll, they'll be like almost angry, like, <clears throat> okay, so I have to homeschool now. So what can you do to help me? It's it's so weird. Have, have you experienced that in your interaction with different families there in Alberta or throughout Canada? Certainly there's, you know, every group that you mentioned, there's the wide range. Of, yes, when I was homeschooling, it was certainly, you know, the first group that you had brought up. And then now I think there's anything and everything in between. Um, the families, I mean, certainly with COVID, there was a lot of families who were doing it, you know, to, because they felt like that was their only choice for their family. But we were just amazed how many families really stuck with it because they found that they loved it and the lifestyle worked for them and their children, um, not only academically, but, you know, the opportunities and relationships that they were able to grow as a family. And that was neat to see that come out of that time. It's, it's kind of like this balance between fear and hope. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's things that homeschool families are afraid of, and those things seem to be getting worse in many people's perceptions. A lot of schools here, parents are becoming aware of things that they really just don't like that are being taught, such as gender fluidity and sex ed stuff being pushed very, very young. I mean, literally into the primary, you know, grades, one, two, three. Um, we have this whole idea of, of kind of rewriting history through a critical race theory lens. And that's that's been a topic of discussion, you know, among many people. 
And then there's the other aspects of safety, like bullying and teacher-student ratios, and then parents being kind of cut off from being involved, I guess, in the decisions about the education of children. So there's that fear and frustration. So uh, I guess, you know, what we see is people looking at homeschooling as an option to something they fear. And then uh, your job and my job, I think, is to say, welcome to this world Look at all of the beautiful flowers. Look at all yeah. of the fruit. Look at all of the potential. And and shifting people from acting out of fear to acting out of hope and then the joy and enthusiasm that springs from hope. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's just it's so neat to see, you know, when parents work with their kids and see, you know, just that joy of learning and knowing that they can learn skills through areas of interest and how motivating that is for children. You know, if you can write about something that you're passionate about, well, you're going to get a much better piece of writing than a topic that's assigned to a group of 30 children, which is the reality of a classroom. And so it's fun to see how motivating it can be for kids. Yeah, that does kind of bring us to how you found uh, structure and style, IEW. There's a there, you know, there's a very interesting history, and I think you probably are aware. But I first learned about the structure and style program in uh, northern Alberta. Okay. Uh, if you went to Edmonton and then kept going four hours straight north, yeah, you would find yourself in a very remote area where we were was was called Gruard, which is this tiny little like one gas station town, I think, uh-huh. <laughs> near Slave Lake. And there was a vocational center there that was used every summer for Mrs. Ingham's blended soundsite program of learning course. So I went there first in 1990. Uh, I was working for a small private school in Montana, and they sent the whole faculty up to the whole faculty, nine of us. Right, of course. <laughs> to take this course. And that's where I met Dr. Webster for the first time. That's where I learned about the nine units and the structural models and the stylistic techniques. And I kind of thought, wow, this is. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This is this is kind of like a Suzuki method of instruction yep. for teaching writing. Yes. Uh, because I was <clears throat> a Suzuki method teacher teaching violin mm-hmm. at that time. So anyway, it's kind of fun to see that <clears throat> there are people in Canada in general, in, in Alberta specifically, who now are discovering it kind of although you know i've heard this thing people get irritated like americans always just steal stuff from canadians and then sell it back to them (laughs) and i i understand the the idea the frustration yeah no i don't feel that at all i think it's wonderful that you've made it available to so many homeschoolers but what i noticed is you know the the people running that were just the purest of pure teachers that's what they were and it was like okay we're just going to teach you everything we know and you're going to go back to your classrooms and you're going to do this so well and it's going to change lives. But they didn't have much planning for keeping that going. Right. They didn't have a kind of a, a marketing or business 
mentality about it. Right. And uh, as they all started to age out, and Mrs. Ingham, of course, has passed on, and Dr. Webster is 92. Okay. I believe. He, He lives in Vancouver. And Shirley's, she's pushing 80, I think. And so, that you know, there's there's nothing there anymore for us to send, you know, people, yeah, go take the course in Gruard. Well, it hadn't been there for a long time. Andrew, I went to the very last one. Was in it two, the very last one? 2007. They never did. They planned to do one after that. But in 2007, I attended when I first started working for you. And that was the last one. That was the last one. Wow. Yeah. But now you can share it with all the wonderful materials that you have with the training and everything for parents and, you know, of course, all the options for students as well. How did you find us? Well, I had always, you know, I've been in the homeschool world for a long time. And so I'd heard of IEW. And Andrew, I feel like you're going to laugh over this because I really love my kids and I wanted them to love writing. And enjoy, yes. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I knew you guys would laugh. No. And so I had this idea because I like writing and it was rather intuitive for me. So I had this little five-year-old and as you know, they get older. And so I was doing things with her that, you know, was a curriculum that promised if you did these things, you would have a child that can express themselves and love to write. So this went on through first, second, third fourth grade. And what we were finding was that she did not love writing. I mean, she was capable, but it was not something she enjoyed. And I was trying to do all these um, creative, fun things. And I could use air quotes with fun because it turned out they weren't very fun for either (laughs) of us. But I was really trying because in my heart, I wanted her because I it's to me one of the most important things is that my children could leave our home education being confident, communicating, you know, both verbally and writing well, because no matter what walk of life they would go into, you need to be able to communicate. And so it was so important to me. And unfortunately, we were becoming more and more frustrated, both of us, because I was trying to make it fun. And somehow that had been become the goal. And so then one day we sat down and we were going to try another fun project. And she said, oh, mommy, I wish you would just give me something that tells me what to do. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, yes. She's like, that's what I like about math, because it gives me steps. And I thought, "Okay, we need to change the approach because this is not working for us. And I thought by keeping it creative that that would instill a love of writing and it and it wasn't and so i thought okay i've heard of this iew and it's um, they have it's more structured which you know maybe some would think oh well that takes the fun out of it or that takes the creativity out of it and i thought this what we're doing isn't working so i got um you know the old version of structure and style you know one of those original video courses and we started working through it And um, I started listening and reading everything I could get my hands on uh, that you had put out, Andrew. Um, I read your article, you know, you don't have to like writing. And I'd heard you (laughs) talk on that. And it it was completely transformative in our homeschool and how we approached it. Well, we'll be sure and put a link in the show notes to that article, Carla. 
Oh, please do. Because, you know, once we realized in our home that the goal wasn't that she had to love writing, but it was something that she had to be able to do and to do well, it just took the pressure off of both of us. And so, you know, we started working through your video lessons and she was so pleased because there were steps. There were instructions. First, you make your keyword outline. Then you write from it. Oh, now we're going to add a little flair with the style techniques. And it just gave us both concrete steps as opposed to this, you know, kind of fuzzy, oh, let's be creative and have fun. So that's how I came to IEW. Yeah, that is such an important point because I meet lots of people who are kind of like you in that they, they've always liked writing or had kind of a natural aptitude and then their kids are different and they just don't know how to deal with that. Like, why don't you want to do this? Yeah. So, yeah, that article, you don't have to like it. What's interesting is we just dropped our Magalog for 2022, and I wrote a follow-up to the article, You Don't Have to Like It, called, But It's... But It's Nice When It Happens. But It's Nice When It Happens, and uh, included some letters from kids that had written to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we are brainwashed in a way, all of us, that in order to learn, it has to be fun. Whereas if we back up a little bit and say, wait a minute, learning isn't always easy, but the learning is enjoyable. That's where kids gain the real satisfaction, isn't from the bells and whistles of making it a game at the moment, which has its time and place. I'm not opposed to games at all. But when they say, wow, I've, I got better, or I really learned something, or I feel like I know what I'm doing. That is what's really enjoyable to the, to the young heart. Well, for sure. And then you can, when they have this structure that they can, you know, work through these steps and then see themselves improving every project and stuff like that, then that builds confidence. And when you're confident in something, well, it's much more enjoyable. Um, You know, my son, has grown up with IEW. He's had that advantage because we started it right from the beginning. And he will say to me, he said, you know, maybe I won't do writing for fun. He said, but I know that I'm really good at it. And I thought, isn't that the goal that he can feel that he's good at it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really like writing very much. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if I'm good at it, but I am forced to keep, keep doing it. So one of my friends said something once, and I, he was giving a talk at a convention, and I, I heard what he said. I thought, that's just universally applicable. He said, nobody hates math. It's not even possible to hate math. What you hate is not being able to do it well. <laughs> yes, that's true. And, you know, I think that's true with everything. If I said, well, I hate snowboarding, the only reason I hate snowboarding is because I tried it once and failed miserably and never tried again. I hate the fact that I can't do it, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, the thing that really stuck out to me, too, with IEW, because I've worked with a lot of kids over the years with writing, is how giving them the source text, it takes some of that pressure off of them for coming up with what to say. Because there's so many aspects to writing, from forming your letters to, you know, spelling the words to grammar and punctuation. And so to take a little of that pressure 
pressure off in those early units, it's just, it it's game changing for these kids who are struggling with that, what do I say? Carla, I just, I just have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm grinning like a Cheshire cat over here because, man, I could not say it better myself. In fact, you, you pretty much verbatim said some of the things that Andrew says in his talks about how complex writing is. And it's just such a joy to talk to someone who really, who really gets what we do and loves to talk about it and shares, shares it. So tell me a little bit more about your YouTube channel. What kind of things do you talk about and who's your, your audience primarily? I mean, are you just talking about IEW products? I know you're not, but. <laughs> well, I talk about, so I, like I said, I work with homeschool families in um, central Alberta. And the thing that I would get asked most about is language arts and writing, because it just seems to be, you know, something that is harder to pin down how to teach that to your children. And so what I found was I was answering the same questions over and over again, like I was a little parrot, and which is perfectly fine. But I thought, gee, what I need to do is make a little video so I can send some of these people that are asking me these things in our group, I didn't think it would be anything um, beyond that, to a place where I can answer their question and then I can answer it more fully than we're in the parking lot in between, you know, a band performance and they're asking me these things and I'm giving half answers. So that's how it started. I popped my iPhone up on a orange box and that was the beginning of my YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> um, but what grew from there was that it there turns out that there, you know, certainly not just in Alberta here was people asking these same kind of questions about curriculum and writing. And so it, my channel grew from there where I do talk a lot about IEW because I just not only have had such great success in my own home, but also with the families that I work with, I see how it's changed their homeschool and just the success that their children have had. And so I just wanted to share, you know, I'm passionate about kids and education. And because this is something that so many people find hard to teach this idea of how do I teach my children to be a good writer, um, I started sharing about it on YouTube. And it really grew. I mean, these videos that I made all of a sudden had 1000s of views and people were asking me questions. And yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. And I think people can just tell that it's something that I'm excited and passionate about. Yes. And so I think it was a couple years ago that we stumbled upon you, you know, when we were trying to build our affiliate group. And I think it was Ellie Diaz, who is actually Andrew's daughter, found this YouTube gal who just says so, so many great things about IEW. And we just said, hey, so you were actually talking about IEW before <laughs> we reached out to you. And you, you said, sure. I'll be happy to be an affiliate. And that's where you want to be. Yeah. Well, and that's just because I was excited to share about it. And I think, you know, people can give, and of course, YouTube is growing and stuff now. But years ago, when I started doing it, people were really excited to have someone who is actually using it in their home. You know, it wasn't like I was thumbing through curriculum and giving thoughts on it. These, this is what I was experimenting with, with my own kids and our own homeschool. And now I have the unique perspective of I've got a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary child. And that's kind of unique as well. I don't know if I'm ever going to make it back to Alberta again. I've, of course, been there many times, and there were homeschool conventions uh, I've spoken at several times. 
But I hope that someday I will come back to Alberta and um, maybe get a chance to meet you and some of your kids if they're not all too old and grown up by that time. (laughs) Well, we would love that. It feels like you are a family friend, even though we haven't spoken (laughs) very much because everybody recognizes your voice. Um, My son told me to tell you that uh, good job with the jokes. He's on year (laughs) two of the structure and style um, level A. And so he's working through that. And Well, yeah, would you please uh, ask him to send me some good Canadian jokes. Okay. (laughs) Because I only know one Canadian joke, which is, well, you know this joke. Everybody knows this joke. But why is Canada spelled the way it is? Why is that? C-A-N-A-D-A. That's the only one I know. Okay. I'm I'm scraping the barrel there. I need some more. So recruit your kids to find me some some good, and they don't have to be specific Canadian. They could be ice fishing or they could be, I don't know, Yeti jokes or whatever. But Hockey. We would need something to do with hockey, perhaps. Definitely hockey. That would be good. Losing teeth. Yeah, I don't have any hockey jokes at all. That would be great. Yeah. So, Carla, what is your name on YouTube? How can our listeners find you? You know what? I was really creative with that, and I just put in Carla Cannon because that's with, so with one N or two N, or two just, N's or three N's. Just to make it confusing, it's Carla with a K and Cannon with one N, C A N O N. Okay. Okay. So we'll of course put a link in our show notes, but I think you know it's so funny. People use YouTube for ev- everything now. I'm not sure how to do that. I'm just going to YouTube it. It's right. now a verb, you know. Yep. So if people want to know how to IEW, there I just made that verb. <laughs> there you they go. You did. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it's good. I'm going to have a video I'm posting soon here on your new Fix It Grammar update, and we're just so excited with that. And so we've been looking through that with my kids, and um, my daughter's been using the high school level this year of the structure and style, and so that I've been dying to get my hands on that and just put that into use on our homeschool. And that's been really fun because, you know, now she's been doing IEW for so many years. It's fun to see how that's translating to the high school years. Well, now you have to see if you can spot Noah as a student yeah, a couple of years ago. That'll in be the fun. Video, huh? <laughs> yes, I'll have to do that. Well, Carla, it has been our pleasure to have you here on our podcast. And we're so grateful for the work that you are doing, not just in promoting IEW, which We are grateful for that, but serving (laughs) homeschoolers literally around the world with your YouTube channel. Well, it's been just really um, a blessing to me that I can share the things that I'm excited about and that I'm passionate about. And it's fun that it's been helpful to other people as well. Super. Super. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yes, it was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully you make it to Alberta again one of these days. Hopefully. Well, God bless you. All right. Well, thank you so much. You take care. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Here you can also find show notes and relevant links from today's broadcast. One last thing. 
Would you mind going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast? This really helps other smart, caring listeners like you find us. Thanks so much.